Hi, everyone. I'm curious, like, for y'all, does anyone else, I feel, like, I feel like there are two camps for quarantine. It's either that you feel like it's going slower than ever or you feel like life has never moved faster. And I'm in the life has never moved faster category. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today, you guys. We are doing a three-day series on how to better manage this time, how to be intentional about um, not just surviving what's happening in the world right now, but really thriving through it. Yesterday, we talked about the idea of mindset, what it is, why it's important, and how you can work to control your mindset, even inside of quarantine. If you haven't seen that episode, it's on Facebook. I you know, highly encourage you to go back and check it out. Uh, but if you are joining us for today, uh, we are talking all about routine. What are the routines and habits and rituals that you can stick to that will really help you to thrive in this season? I actually, uh, because, uh, give me a heart or a thumbs up if you are doing next 90 days with us, our community challenge, it's our free challenge. But next week is organization and I'm about to film the class for it. And so my brain was on organization and so I've spent the entire morning preparing to teach you guys about organization and then I literally came and sat down here about five minutes ago and I saw this that my team had made for me which says day two, routine. So um, today's gonna be about routine and it's also gonna be a little bit about your personal space and what it looks like to organize your life to make you feel more centered and calm because honestly, that's just where my head was at this morning. I'm Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and the free information I found on the internet. In the 15 years that I've been building and scaling my company, I have become deeply passionate about helping other entrepreneurs to do the same. So each week, I'll be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life and your business. This is The Rise Podcast. days away from Rise Live, which is our virtual conference, and that is a full eight hours of programming all around how to have courage, how to be strong for yourself and strong for your family, strong for your team at work if you have one during this season. And so this uh, thing that I'm doing with you each morning is about, just to give you a little bit of a taste of this. So Let's start off, guys, with, um, since we were going to talk about health and fitness and why it matters, you know, I had to bring this guy out. Uh, hopefully you've read Girl Stop Apologizing. I feel like if you're hanging out with me and you've never read it, man, quarantine is probably the time. But there are several chapters in this book. Uh, when I wrote it, I really wanted to create something that was very tactical, for you guys. And so there's a lot of tactics in this one. And I thought it was helpful today as we talk about this idea of being healthy and being strong. And so before I jump into some ideas, will you guys just tell me, because I'm watching your comments here, will you tell me, are, do you feel like, and it's okay, be, be real in this space with me, be authentic. Do you feel like quarantine is bringing out the best for your health or the worst? Tell me if you feel like you're being a better, healthier version of yourself or if you're struggling more than you have. Um, I'm really curious to see what sort of is happening amongst our community. And I can tell you that for me, 
I have never been healthier than I am right now. And not like, okay, I'll, I'll, there's some like reasons why, and it's not because like I'm fancy or because I'm oh so dedicated. It's because that first week in quarantine, I think I've told you guys this, um, I'm in week six of my quarantine. So my first week in quarantine, I really struggled. I was incredibly stressed about what it was to have a company and lead a team and have 60 people counting on the company being strong. And so much of what we do is wrapped up in live events. And that's like a really weird space right now. And so that first week in quarantine, I had some drinks. I definitely had some drinks that first week. And I, for me, uh, alcohol is uh, something that I used to use as a really negative coping mechanism. And it kind of freaked me out because I thought, oh my gosh, Rach, you don't know how long this is going to last. And you're already reaching for something that's very unhealthy for you. And I'm kind of seeing this, what you guys are saying too. So um, it's funny, a lot of you are saying both. Like you have days where you're feeling better. You have days where you're feeling worse. Uh, some struggling, uh, quarantine, uh, someone else is saying quarantine is bringing out the best. I'm able to exercise more. Um, oh yeah. Brandy says Brandy's a nurse. So not healthiest right now due to crazy, crazy COVID work. Thank you so much, Brandy. Thank you to all of our medical professionals and our essential workers for the work that you're doing. Uh, Sarah says, I feel like a roller coaster. Some days I'm on fire. Some days I eat cookies, every meal girl. That's all of us. But I think for me right now, the sort of flip, flipping the switch into a healthier space started with that first week where I found myself slipping back into a place I didn't want to be. And so I knew I had to do something to fight back against that instinct. I think that's one of the hardest parts about any kind of negative coping mechanism that you have, drinking, smoking, binge eating, uh, taking medication that you don't need, drug use, like you all, we could name, I could make, name a whole list of the things that we do as humans to cope in a negative way. And the longer you had that in your life as a negative coping mechanism, the harder it's going to be, not impossible, but certainly the harder it's going to be to fight back against it when it pops up again. And so I found myself going to this place and I really do think that in order to combat a negative coping mechanism in your life you have to replace it with something else you must most people are like I'm gonna quit cold turkey and they don't give themselves anything else to reach for they don't give themselves another option and without something else to do you slip back into the old bad habit so for me the one thing that I could very easily access here in my home in quarantine was a workout. And so I have been working out more than I ever have. I've been moving more than I ever have. You guys have probably seen me wearing my pedometer every day. It's not a smart watch. It's literally just something that's counting. It's a watch and it counts my steps because it helps me to be mindful of, hey, we're halfway through the day and you haven't got very many steps in and you know that your stress is gonna double and triple and quadruple if you don't lower those cortisol levels through some kind of workout and so it just helps me to be more mindful the other thing honestly that is helping me to be healthier is i don't have as much access to the foods that i would like to treat myself with you know back in the day and when i say back in the day i literally mean before quarantine started 
I would tell you, lots of people would tell you, don't bring the food into the house. Who's ever heard? Raise your hand if you have ever heard someone say like, don't bring junk food, don't bring cookies, don't bring the things that you struggle with, don't bring the foods that you might binge eat, don't bring them into the house. And then you don't have access. Like we've all heard that. Well, that's all well and good, but if you work in an office where there are treats, if you are going to your local coffee shop and like there's banana bread, those treats were still out in the world. And while I certainly eat very healthy, just having the access to them removed means that I'm not taking in really anything but what I'm bringing into the house. So something I would say for you guys, if you're like, man, I, you know, my friend who said like, hey, I'm eating cookies for every meal or I'm binge, you don't bring them into the house. Don't get them if you're going on your weekly trip to the grocery store. Don't order them to be delivered to you. Make it harder for you to access the stuff that you know that you're using as an unhealthy coping mechanism. And, and look, I think we all have things in this season where we're like, okay, let's, you know, let's let ourselves have a cookie. Of course, I, I know that there are things that treating yourself a bit in this time period is, is um, a little bit of a, the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking to those of you who truly, it's becoming something bad. It's causing a spiral. It's making you feel shame. You're, you are binge eating. You are doing things that you're drinking too much. You're, I'm talking to you. And that's not everybody here, but those of you who know, if you're like, oh, that's me, okay, you're gonna have to take control of this. Y'all, I'm gonna keep saying this every single day and just listen to me. Plan on being in quarantine for at least three more months. Look, it doesn't matter if you're out in three weeks. If you plan for three months, if you get yourself to a mental place where it's three months from now, you get to go back out into the wild, you're back with your friends, you're back at, you know, having dinner with your partner, or whatever, out at a restaurant, plan on three months. Because if you plan for it and it's shorter, it feels like a win, right? But if you don't plan for it, if you think that you're headed back to the real world three weeks from now and you're not, that is going to mess with your head. It's going to make you feel depressed. It's probably gonna make you feel anxious. It's if you don't, if you don't, if, ugh, if you plan that it's going to be three months, then you are going to have the space to figure out what this new world looks like to you. And if you know that you're gonna be in, th in here for three months, then you won't tell yourself, oh, I'm just gonna treat myself this week. I'm just gonna drink too much this weekend because you are giving yourself the excuse or the lie that there's going to be a way around this and that's not, that's not real. So just, it's like, I, I don't know, I think this comes from the days when I was a wedding planner. When I was a wedding planner, we always had a rain contingency. Okay, I'm going off on a tangent, but just hear me out for a minute. When I was a wedding planner, and I was for a very long time, a different lifetime ago, we always had a rain contingency. Even if there was no rain on the horizon, sunny day, no problems, we always had a tent on order, okay? If you have a tent on order that you don't need, you can cancel it. But if you don't have a tent on order, 
And all of a sudden, a freak storm comes out of nowhere, and, and everybody who was planning on a sunny Saturday to do their wedding scrambles at the same time to get the same 10 tents, there's a good chance that my clients would have been out of luck. So I always plan for rain. I always carry an umbrella. I always assume that it'll be longer, harder, more expensive than I think it's going to be because that doesn't hurt me. You planning for a worst case scenario and not in an anxious way, but just in a like, okay, we're just gonna be thoughtful about this and we're just gonna have a plan. You doing that can only benefit you. It will never hurt you to plan ahead. It only hurts us when we assume that it's gonna be something different and then we're surprised. So when it comes to your health, you have to be thoughtful about like, this isn't a temporary thing. You know what it is? I just had a, I just had a thought. People are treating quarantine like they treat the holidays. Okay, hold on, listen to me. Some of y'all are treating this quarantine like you treat Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, and you keep telling yourself, come New Year's Day, I'll change. You keep telling yourself, come quarantine being over, then I'll get back to a routine. What you don't realize is that you are robbing yourself of all of the motivation, of all of the habits, of all of the power. You are literally eroding your own foundation right now in real time and then expecting that you're gonna be able to flip a switch a month from now or six weeks from now and go back to being the person you wanna be. Guys, who, who's having an aha moment? That's Oprah. Who's having an Oprah aha moment of like, oh crap, that's what I've been doing. I keep telling myself that when this all goes back, then I'm going to get back into my routine. But the problem is that you will not, you will have no foundation for a routine because you have eroded the, the steps that you've taken, the action that you've like, you've done, you've, you've removed your chance of having the life and the habits and the rituals set into a sequence where you can do it every day. You, you've pulled that opportunity away from yourself because you keep saying that someday you're gonna get back to it. What I think is really interesting, I was looking at the book this morning, right? I was looking at Girl Stop Apologizing and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read you a little snippet from this guy. But one of the things that I think is so interesting about the advice that I'm offering you guys, the things that I'm teaching, it's the same stuff I have been teaching for years. I am not telling you to do anything different. I am not telling you to change it. I am saying that those habits and those routines and those rituals matter now more than they ever have before. They matter now more than they ever have before because now you are in a time of crisis. Now you are in a space where the world is coming at you. It is not can you be the person you want to be when life is easy? It's can you be the person that you want to be when life feels like it's trying to kick the crap out of you? When you're trying to figure out how to work from home with little kids, right? When you're trying to figure out how to get a new job because you've lost yours. That's when your habits and your routines matter more than ever. Someday does not play into this. You cannot wait for someday. 
You cannot hold out for like, oh my gosh, some like, oh, as soon as that happens, then no, right now is all you have. Right now is literally all you've got. And it's like, people are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know the answer. Dude, stick to what you know works. And if you don't know what works, these are the things that work for me. Okay. Here we go. I spent years talking to women about how to reach for growth without realizing that many of them didn't have a strong foundation to keep up with their goals, even if they were motivated. The truth is, it doesn't matter if you're motivated to achieve a goal. It doesn't matter if you're motivated to try and keep thriving in a quarantine, right? It doesn't matter if you're motivated to achieve a goal, if your day-to-day -day life is going to sabotage you before you get very far. This is a lack of foundation. And it's not even something I put a name to until I started to dig into the reasons that women would list for why they were having so much trouble. The things we need in place before we can pursue our dreams are not what we often think of in relation to success. Right now, you are not thinking of those foundational habits as the key to your success in this quarantine. But I swear to you, those habits are the thing that centers you every day, that makes you feel calm, that lowers your stress. Like, they matter. If we don't have foundational elements squared away on the front end, reaching for anything else can feel like it's too much of a long shot. We have to do the necessary initial work if we're going to move forward in other ways. We need to set ourselves up for success. Think about it this way. You're like a vase. I heard this one time and I thought it was the greatest analogy ever. Imagine that you are a glass vase and you are standing up tall and someone is pouring water into you, the vase. And in that picture of water that's being poured into the vase is everything that you could possibly need to survive, okay? I want you to imagine right now, man, woman, whoever's watching this, imagine yourself as a vase. And God, the universe, however you perceive that, is pouring water into your vase and it's everything that you need. It's every, it's the strength that you need to survive this quarantine. It's love, it's hope, it's, it's calm, it's peace, it's bravery, courage, like everything, right? Okay. So you, as the glass vase, are filled with life and energy and nutrients and love and joy, all the good things. But... As women, we often don't think about ourselves as much as we worry about everyone else. So we try and lean over. We tip our vase forward and backward and side to side so that the good things that are in us spill out on others around us. We give a little to our children. We give a little to our coworkers. Uh, here's some more for our parents. Here's some for our neighbors or our friends. We keep tipping ourselves over. We tip a little bit here. We spill a little bit there. And eventually, y'all, what happens to a glass vase? If a glass vase keeps tipping over in every direction, what will eventually happen? It will shatter. See, some of you are on the very edge of shattering right now because you have poured out so much of yourself, you're at the very bottom. But here's the deal. If you are a glass vase and you stood tall and proud and you allowed 
the goodness to flow into. You allowed the community of people. You allowed, you're here right now, right now, I hope you are getting something put into your vase. You are getting filled up. You are having something good poured into you, right? And if you just stand there, tall and proud and strong, and you allow the water to be poured into you, what would happen to the water in the vase? It would spill over the sides onto everyone around you. See, you keep giving everything you've got to everybody else, and then you're trying to fill yourself up with alcohol. You're trying to fill the hole that's inside of you with food. You're trying to fill that hole with pills or cigarettes or zoning out. For some of you, consumption is not the problem. For some of you, avoidance is the problem, right? You have to develop habits that every single day serve and enrich you and give to your spirit. Because if you do that, then you will be strong for yourself. And if you are strong for yourself, then you can be strong for others. Look, I know that, that some of you in this are trying to figure out how to be strong for your family. But I also understand that there are people here who have businesses and they're extremely worried about the financial implications of what's happening. They're worried not just for their own family, but they're worried for their teams. You have got to be strong enough. And the answer of being strong for other people is the opposite of what you think. You think that strength for others is giving them your strength. Strength for others is you being strong enough to lead them, to tell them that it's going to be okay, to have the confidence to know what's next. And that won't happen if you don't take care of yourself. So here are some of the things that I do. Five things every day. If you are in our community, you know this. If you are doing our next 90-day challenge, you know this. Team, I'm going to ask if you wouldn't mind, will you please link out to them the Five to Thrive, I mean, the next 90 sign up so that they can get involved if they want to. It's totally free. But it's the five things that I do every single day. And you're going to be like, Rachel, what the heck do those five things have to do with quarantine? Nothing. They have everything to do with you. And you are inside of this crisis. And you are the only hope that you have. So you have got to take care of yourself. And these are five things and they are very simple. Okay, so the first thing that I do every single day, it's so simple, it is so simple in quarantine. You guys have no excuse. I love you, you have no excuse. Every single day, I drink, well, we tell you to drink half your body weight in ounces of water every single day. Half your body weight in ounces of water every single day, okay? So here's how that works, and then I'll explain the why. If you weigh 100 pounds, because I'm not great at math, everyone, but I can do this math. If you weigh 100 pounds, you would divide that in half, you would have 50. So then every single day, your goal would to be to drink 50 ounces of water every single day. That's your goal. Why? Several reasons. One, most of you are dehydrated. Most of you know you are not drinking as much water as you should be. And so I love the idea of water because one, it's free. It's coming out of a, something in your home right now, most likely, right? 
So you can easily access it. Also, when people go to change their health, usually the first thing that they do is they try and take things away from themselves. So they give up things or they go on a diet or whatever and it feels depriving and it freaks people out. How many of you have ever gone on some kind of restrictive diet before and you do good for like the first two days and then all of a sudden you freak out and you eat everything? I always think that that's because it feels like life's not fun, I've removed all the joy, I can't have anything, and so I quit. But with water, you're adding something, and I always think it's way easier to add than it is to subtract. So, half your body weight in ounces of water every single day. I drink my full body weight in ounces of water every day. Dave drinks more than that. Um, the question that I always get, people are like, well, doesn't this make you have to pee all day? Yes, luckily for you, most of you are in quarantine, so this shouldn't be a problem. The other key is people are like, how, dude? I try and drink the water, but I, I can't even get that much in. Um, the new vlog goes up tomorrow. I think you're really gonna love it, but I touch on this in the new vlog. Um, you have to guzzle it. You have to pretend that you're at a frat party and you are chugging. That is the only way. Every single time you go to drink water, you've got to guzzle and that's how you get the water done. So the first thing is you drink your water every single day. The second thing that you do is challenge yourself to get up one hour earlier than you normally do and use that time to work on yourself. Challenge yourself to get up one hour earlier and use that time to work on yourself. Most of you are constantly telling me, you want to write a book, you want to start a business, you maybe you need to look for a new job. Maybe, like There are things that you want to do with your life or maybe you just want the time to read or pray or maybe you want to get your workout in. But you can't because once the day starts, you've got people who are counting on you. So my advice is always to find that hour when other people are sleeping. So if you're a night owl, do it at night. I'm a morning person, so I recommend you wake up one hour earlier. There are lots of studies about how so many of the most successful people are super early risers. We call it 5 a.m. club. Um, so if you are looking for some space and you have the capacity to do that, get up one hour earlier. Now, couple caveats. If you have a new baby, this is not for you. Don't be dumb. You're not getting sleep. You can't give up an hour of sleep when you're not getting sleep. Just you're fine, just take care of the baby. Don't try and do anything new, just drink some water, okay? Uh, if you are, I would say like people who are doctors or who are working, you know, the night shift or whatever, think of a different one, find a different hour of day. And the other thing that people always ask me is like, well, what time do you go to bed, Rach? If you wake up at 5 a.m., what time do you go to bed? Nine, super sexy. I'm like your grandma, I go to bed really early because that's the only way that I'm gonna be able to get enough hours of sleep in order to wake up that early. Um, so Melanie just said, I'm a night owl, I can't seem to get up earlier. If you're a night owl and it's working for you, Melanie, do that. But if you are a night owl, but you're also not getting anything accomplished at night, then I'm gonna challenge you to consider, are you a night owl or you just set into a routine where you stay up super late? So. Um, Lauren just said, how do I get myself to bed earlier? Ugh, it's a struggle. So you have to treat, anyone ever have um, work with a little toddler trying to get them to bed where you're like, okay, we're gonna do a bath and we're gonna have lavender scented bubbles and then we're gonna read a book and then we're gonna, the reason that we have a whole bedtime routine with our toddlers is because it's a ritual that starts to signal to your brain that it's gonna be time to go to bed. Many of you are going, oop, it's bedtime. 
and then you shut off all the lights and you try and go to sleep and your mind is wide awake. And that's because you are having your mind be awake until right before you expect it to go to sleep and very few people can do that. So two hours before you want to be asleep, you've got to start transitioning yourself into that zone. Uh, so for me, that looks like I shut off any kind of technology. I can't be on. Um, I can't be on social media. I can't watch a movie. I can't. I can't. There's not. I can't do anything that involves tech because all of the things that are inside of your phone make it so that you are wide awake. They're 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 firing the synapses in your brain. They're like making you wake up, and then you go to close your eyes, and your brain's like, right? So two hours before, read a book that's on paper. Start having chamomile tea. Uh, don't have caffeine in the afternoon. I mean, I'm like a child, so I can't have caffeine after very early in the afternoon or I won't sleep at night. But you've got to approach this with tenacity. You wanna get up earlier, you wanna get more sleep, then you have to actually take it on aggressively, not just sort of casually and then wonder why it doesn't work for you. Okay, water. Get up an hour earlier. When you get up, practice your gratitude. I talked about this yesterday. Go back and watch yesterday's episode where I dig into the idea of a daily gratitude practice and why I use my journal and why it's so important to me. There's tons of info on yesterday's episode. Uh, the next thing, guys, you have got to move your body for 30 minutes every single day, seven days a week. Every single day, move your body for 30 minutes. Do what you can with what you've got where you're at. The only caveat to this is that there are people within our community who are differently abled who do not have the ability to move their body every day. That's not a thing. But those members of our community, we've talked about this a lot, they use this time to meditate. They use this time to pray. They are intentional about still doing something for their spirit and their body even if they can't move. Everybody else, you don't have an excuse. Everybody else. If you are um, a nurse right now and you are, girl, you're good. Boy, you got it. You don't need, if you are moving every day, you're good. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody else on here who's in quarantine and using quarantine as the excuse for why they can't get a workout in. There are literally thousands of YouTube videos right now for free. You could do a workout in your home. With zero equipment right now in your home, you can watch a YouTube video. Because if you can watch me on Facebook, you can go watch someone on YouTube. Like there are thousands and thousands of things, but it's an easy excuse. Like, oh, I'm in quarantine, right? So I can't, I'm trapped at home, so I can't do this thing. No, bull crap. Yes, you can. You don't want to. I don't want, I don't want to go on a run in the morning. I am never Unless I'm, let's be honest, it's like a Saturday afternoon, I'm trying to escape my kids. That's the one time that I'm like, oh, let me get it. I gotta go get a workout in, babe. Will you watch these kids? That's the only time. Every other day of my life, I do not want to move my body. Every day. But at this point, it is a habit for me. I don't question it. It's like brushing my teeth. There's not an option for me. That's why I say seven days a week. People are like, well, doctors recommend three to five or whatever. I'm not saying go to boot camp. I'm not saying go do 10,000 push-ups. I'm saying move your body, get your heart rate up every single day for 30 minutes. Why? Because it lowers the stress inside of you, which is one of the most important things that you can do for your life right now. 
because it's good for your heart. It's good for your spirit. It gives you a sense of community. It makes you feel like you're going to be okay. And if you have to push yourself, if you're fighting, if it's hard to get that workout done, but you do it anyway, because you're a warrior and you're strong, if you do it anyway, then for the rest of the day, you get to tell yourself, I did it. I did the thing. I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And what else today are you going to do that you don't want to do? The options are endless, you guys. They're endless, but you have to fight for it. You have to fight for this. If you want a life that is exceptional, then you are going to have to do things that are exceptional. If you want a life that is extraordinary, then you are going to have to go extra past the ordinary and do things other people won't do. You want a life that other people don't have, then you're going to have to do stuff that other people won't do. You would not be hanging out with me right now. You wouldn't if you didn't feel a calling on your heart to fight for something more. You feel a calling on your heart. You either because you feel lost right now and you're like, I do not know what the heck is going on in the world and I'm scared and I'm, so you're just looking for something, right? Maybe that's why you came here today. Or maybe you came here because you're like, I'm doing pretty good, but I want to make sure that I'm staying strong, right? Or maybe you came here today because you're like, I know that I'm exceptional. I know that I am powerful and I want to hang out with other people who believe that in, in themselves as well. There are lots of reasons why people come into this community, but if you come into this community, it's because you're looking for something. And if you want to know the answers for me, it is not, it is not some like high level thing. It is very basic stuff because most people will not do the most basic things. They will not stick to a habit. They will not fight for that, but that's not us. We know that we have to be strong, and so we do things every day to make ourselves feel strong. So those are four things. The last one is so easy inside of quarantine, you guys, and there's a very specific reason why. I ask you to give up one category of food that you know you should not be consuming for 30 days. Let me say it again. I want you to give up one category of food that you know you should not be consuming for 30 days. There's a reason. There's a method to this madness. It has nothing to do with weight. It has nothing to do with a diet. There is a reason that I tell people to do this. One second. Let me, here's, here it is. Here's the chapter. This is from Girl Wash Your Face. If you haven't read it yet, this is your chance. And both of these books, by the way, I narrate the audio. So if you want me sort of barking at you like this, get the audio book. Okay. I can't count the number of diets I've tried. I can't tell you the number of times I've made plans to go to the gym and then blew them off. Number of half marathons I signed up for, paid the entry fee for, and then quietly pretended not to remember when it was time to actually train, two. Number of times I've declared, from here on out, I'm going to walk a mile every morning before work, and then never made it past the third day, infinity. I had this habit for years, as many women do. We talk about the things we'd like to do, be, try, and accomplish, but once we get to the moment of actually doing it, we fold faster than a card table after bunco night. Maybe we've created this habit because we were brought up observing this pattern. 
Magazines and TV shows spend a lot of time focusing on what to do when we fall off the wagon rather than teaching us how to stay on it in the first place. Life happens and the plans we make fall through. But when it becomes such a regular occurrence that the promises we make hold very little actual power in our lives, we need to check ourselves. If you decided on a goal, for example, I'm going to write a novel or I'm going to run a 10K, your subconscious will formulate the likelihood of that happening based on past experiences. So when it's day four and you're feeling tired and you don't want to head out for a run, you will revert to your highest level of mental training. What happened the last time you found yourself here? Did you push through and form a habit and get it done? Or did you make an excuse? Did you put it off until later? Right now, your subconscious is saying, what happened the last time Sarah got stressed? What happened the last time that Joey lost his job? What happened the like, look, I know none of us have ever been in quarantine before, but right now your subconscious is grasping onto whatever examples it has of the last time you felt this way. So it's saying, what did Becky do when this happened? What did Jeff do when this happened? And whatever it comes up with, the, that's what it's going to encourage you to reach for. You will go to the level of training that you have. Meaning you will revert back to whatever it was that you used to do unless you fight the pattern. So the idea of giving up a category of food for 30 days is not, it's certainly good for your body, but it's, that's not what it's about. It's a simple thing that you can do that will reset what you believe you are capable of. And for me, it started with Diet Coke. For the longest time, I used to have several Diet Cokes a day, and then I realized how terrible they were for me. I cut my consumption down to one can a day, and I looked forward to that soda like an addict waiting for a high. I would be like, ooh, do I want to drink it at lunchtime, or do I want to have it in the afternoon for a little afternoon pep, or should I wait until dinner? Um, I don't know if any of you do that, but that's how I was with my Diet Coke. I was like, I got to plan it out so that I know the exact right time to have this thing. I spent so much time looking forward to the beverage. And then uh, there's a whole thing in here. You can read this whole chapter. I had really bad vertigo. It was very unhealthy, and I knew that I needed to make changes in my life, and I knew that I needed to give up Diet Coke as a, I was going to eat clean and I knew that I needed to do it. I said, I decided to give it up for a month. I figured one month wasn't a long time. I could hold out for 30 days on anything. The only problem was, and I want you to give me a heart or a thumbs up if this is you guys. The only problem was I never in my life successfully stuck to any kind of diet, exercise, writing, you name it, without quitting or cheating at least a few times. What if just this once though, I really saw it through? And so I did. And so this whole chapter goes into the idea of what it means to give up something and keep your word to yourself. You keep your promises to everybody else. You take care of everybody else. That's what we started this live talking about is that you take care of everybody else except yourself. You will keep your word to everybody else and break the promise that you make to yourself. If you said to yourself yesterday that you were gonna get a workout in and you didn't, you broke a promise to yourself. 
So right now, your subconscious is recalculating what you will actually do based on what you actually do. You got, oh, I just, got, I just hit my goal. I got my alarm. Come on, you guys, come on. Okay, so <laughs> I know that blowing off a workout, a date, an afternoon to organize your closet or some previous commitment you made to yourself doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is. It's a really big deal. Our words have power, but our actions shape our lives. If you choose today not to break another promise to yourself, you will force yourself to slow down. You cannot keep every commitment, promise, goal, and idea without intentionality. If you recognize that your words have power and that your commitments carry covenant weight, you won't agree to anything so easily. You'll have to ask yourself if you really, truly have time to do the thing you said you wanted to do. You'll have to decide if working out four times before Sunday is, re is a real possibility or if it's more realistic and achievable to commit to two beast mode sessions and then one power walk. You'll slow down and you'll think things through. You won't just talk about a goal. You'll plan for how you can meet it. You'll set a goal and surprise yourself when you achieve it. You'll teach yourself a new way to behave and set a standard for the type of person you truly are. Not the one you've dreamed about becoming, but who you practice being every single day. They're simple habits, but they mean so much more. And by the way, if these don't make sense to you, if you're like, no, Rach, I've got five habits and they are bomb and I just need to get back into the routine, do them. I don't care what the standard is. I don't care what it is you're doing. I care that you commit every single day of your life to being intentional with who you are and taking care of yourself. We are nine days away from our virtual conference. It is eight hours of programming. Four and a half of those are taught by me. Dave's teaching, John Maxwell's teaching, Eric Thomas's teaching, Ed Milette, Jen Hatmaker, Britt Barron. We've got a live DJ. We've got a happy hour. We, like It's the most fun. And if you are looking for something that can help you, if you need a boost, like if you, if you gotta leave me like anything out of this moment, just wait eight hours of teachers pouring into you and energy. And even though we're not all together in the same space, you will feel the ripple effects of this. You will. You'll be in a chat room with this community from all over the world. It's incredible. They've linked out to it here. I want you to go to the holliscode.com. There's a banner right at the top. The least expensive ticket is 40 bucks. 40 bucks for eight hours of teaching is nothing. There's no one who does this who would ask that little. And I also understand that there are people watching who don't have $40 to spend. Go join the next 90 day challenge. You're gonna get free content and teaching from us every single week and you don't have to spend a penny. But if you've got a penny and you want to elevate the place that you're in, I want you to check out Rise Live. We're nine days away. You gotta watch it live. It's gonna be incredible. I hope you'll check it out. Okay, any help for routines for new moms? I have a three month, three month old and I'm snug, struggling. So Tiffany, um, my best advice to you, this is actually for anybody, whether you're a mom or not. I want you all to think of just one new habit that you can incorporate into your life that would be helpful. And if you're like, man, I don't even know where to start. It feels like a mess. Start with the area of tension. Um, I, one of my dear friends, Amy Porterfield, always tells me that in business, whenever there's tension, it means that you need a process. 
in, in business, a process is like, hey, this is how we do this. We're gonna do it the same way every single time so there's no confusion. Once you put a process into place, it removes a lot of the things that make it feel tough. And so for you, new mom, college student, empty nester, whatever you are, if you're having a hard time right now, I want you to just pick one area. What's something right now that feels very tense and hard for you? And how do you eliminate what makes it feel hard? So start with that. So Cindy just said, I'm stuck. When I turn 50 next year, I will, oh, she's, she's stuck on this idea of like when she turns 50, she will do better with for herself. How do you shift that mindset? Cindy, today is all you've got. Like, I know that you didn't need me to like preach at you right now, but I'm gonna preach at Cindy. And if you need to like save this moment, you guys, so that you can come back and have me say this to you, then, then do it. This is it, Cindy. You don't know what's gonna happen. With all the love and respect in my heart, how many people right now are losing their lives because of a virus that they never knew? You do not know what tomorrow brings. You do not know what six months from now brings. Today is it. Today is all you've got. And if this was all you've got, Cindy, is would you be proud of how you're living your life? If, if you had a month to live, and that, that, this is not even about COVID, this is life. We could be in a, in a pandemic and you could get in a car accident going to the grocery store. That's real. We are losing people every single day. There are people watching this right now who are losing loved ones right now and it has nothing to do with a virus. You do not know how much time you have left and you are taking it for granted. You are taking for granted the time that you have with your family and your friends and telling yourself that you're gonna be better someday. There is no someday, this is it. This is all you've got. How are you gonna show up for your life today? Because I promise you, if you can't show up today with intentionality, not with perfection. There is no perfection here. There is just the desire to be better. That's all we're asking. If you can't show up with that today, you have 0% chance of showing up with it next year when you turn 50. It's an excuse and it's crap. And you're better than that, Cindy. You are better than that attitude. You are better than believing that you can put it off to someday because there is no such thing as someday. How are you gonna show up today? You putting all of the effort that you have in your heart, even if what you put effort into still sucks, is way better than you thinking that someday, magically, you're gonna have it all figured out. Y'all, if you would just allow yourself to suck, you'd get better. If you would just allow yourself to try the thing and do the thing and be awful at it and keep going, then you would get better. And a week from now, you would be better. And six weeks from now, you would be better still. And Cindy, by your 50th birthday, you would be unrecognizable. Here, what you need to do right now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it to Cindy, but this could be for anybody. What you need to do right now is give yourself a visualization. So give yourself a visualization right now. And I'm gonna do it for Cindy, but y'all could do this for yourself. I always say, I want you to imagine it like a movie in your mind. Cindy, I want you to tell me I guess you can't tell me because there's too many people on here. But um, think of your 50th birthday party, Cindy. What does your 50th birthday party, because Lord Jesus let us be out of quarantine by the time 50, by the time Cindy turns 50. It's Cindy's 50th birthday party. And she spent the last six months before this birthday party 
living every single day, reaching for the best version of herself. Cindy, I want you to see in your mind, what does it look like? Who's at your birthday party? What did you wear? What kind of food did you serve? Where, where did the party happen? You've been living every single day as the best version of you for six months. What does it look like when you turn 50? Instead of turning 50 and believing that it's some catalyst, which by the way, you would turn 50 and you would feel shame because you would know that you put it off too long. What would it look like for you if you lived the next six months as the best version of yourself? You don't need a date, y'all. Nobody on here needs a date. Nobody on here needs a future date to be who they know they are called to be. See, you're not trying because you think that if you try and you don't do it perfectly, that it wasn't worth the effort, right? Y'all, the whole point is the trying. The whole point is the journey. The whole point is that this is going to do something. This is going to shake the foundations of the world, it's already doing that. What's happening right now is shaking the foundations of society around the world. And there will be people who come out of this experience stronger. I'm one of them. I will come through quarantine stronger than I went into it. I will be a better mama. I will be more intentional. I'll be closer to my children. I will have a better marriage. I will be a better leader. I will have a stronger company because I demand it of myself. And I know there is only one way that I'm going to get there. How I show up every single day determines what my life looks like in six months. You want to know what your future looks like? I don't need a crystal ball. I need to see your habits. You are what you do every single day. So how are you going to show up every single day as the person that you want to be, even if it's not perfect? Y'all, you have the opportunity to make change. Some of you have more time then you have ever had, you're, you're more present, you're here. And even if you're scared, even if there's anxiety, there's still opportunity. Opportunity doesn't always show up in the most perfect situation. Maybe this is the opportunity you've been waiting for to change your life. I hope that you will take it. It's not as hard as you think it is. It's taking a single step and then taking another one and then taking another one. And then when you learn a tool and it works for you and you've got a great new habit, you add another one. And then you learn a little bit more and you read another book and then you 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 keep going. I hope uh, that our time today was helpful for you guys. I, I'm gonna say this to you again, if you are considering it, Rise Live is gonna be incredible. The reason we keep talking about it is because it's gonna be incredible. I've already started to see the keynotes come in from our speakers and they're gonna fire you up. And that's the whole point. We want to pour into you. We want to encourage you and where you're at. Um, like I said, the least expensive ticket starts at 40 bucks. Eight hours of programming for $40. Uh, it's over on theholliscode.com. There's different tier levels. You can find out different things. You'll be in community with other people. It's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. It's going to be energy. I need it right now. I only am ever creating the things that I need for myself and I need it. I need to be in community with others. I need to hear from leaders who will encourage me. I need teachers who won't let me stay here, but who will demand that I push myself so that I can take care of my family and my friends and my team. 
Um, so that's what Rise Live is all about. And if you've ever wanted to go to one of our conferences, this is your chance. Uh, if you've been to one of our conferences, then you know how powerful it is. Uh, but I love you guys. I'm so excited that you chose to hang out with me. Um, I love you. And until I see you again, I'm rooting for you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Rise Podcast. Coming up next, we have our next 90 days teaching sneak peek right after this message from one of our sponsors. Welcome back to our weekly next 90 days check-in. Our team is hard at work bringing you all of the things to keep your motivation high and your cup filled as we tackle this wild, hard season of quarantine. If you're not familiar with our next 90 days challenge, then let me give you a little insight. Each and every week, we pick a theme that we feel like will be helpful, honestly, to us, but also to our community during this time. So it's things like finding joy or creating great habits or what is truly essential or how to be productive. It's all of the things that we feel like we're struggling with a bit. And every single week, along with the theme, myself or Dave teach a digital lesson and along with that digital lesson you get free downloads and workbooks and different things to work through all inside our learning portal and here is the best part it is 100% free it was our chance to give back to our community who has supported us so much so if you like the sound of this lesson if it feels like it might be interesting to you then head over to theholliscode.com forward slash next 90. That's theholliscode.com forward slash N-E-X-T nine zero. Or you can click on the link that are in the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast. Quarantine is like Vegas. Stay with me for a minute. Like this is going to make sense. Quarantine is like Vegas. Like have you ever been to Vegas and you can't see daylight. So you don't know if it's daytime, is it nighttime? It's like everything runs together. It all is sort of starting to run together for me, which is why we need to be organized. Uh, so first of all, thank you guys so much for joining the challenge. I hope that you are getting a ton out of this. I hope that you're finding it really helpful and that we're giving you some tools and some tactics and some ways of thinking that are helping you during this time. As always, the challenge is totally free, so our only ask is that if it is helpful to you that you will share it in your community, meaning put it on your social, invite your sister. Um, they will be able to access all of the classes we've already taught, so no matter when they sign up, they have access to the learning portal. But this week, I wanted to talk about organization because as I was laying out the programming for what we would do together in the next 90 days, I, I felt like this one was really important because... I mean, I feel like it matters all of the time, but when the world feels out of control, you have to focus on what you are capable of affecting. So if you've ever heard the serenity prayer, it says, grant me the strength to change the things I cannot accept and accept the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference. So what are the things in your life right now that you can control, that you can affect? If you're in quarantine or if you're a central worker or the world feels like it's in chaos and every single week the news gets worse and worse, if that's what it feels like to you, what can you affect? Well, you can affect your personal space, right? You can affect what's going on in here. You can affect what's going on in here. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about three kinds of organization today. Organizing your personal space, organizing your thoughts, 
and organizing your direction. So three different, completely different things. I'm gonna give you tactics and tools on each one of them. Uh, let's go ahead and dig into this idea. So first let's talk about your personal space. I don't know about y'all, but I have been organizing more, cleaning more, you know, oh, maybe this is the time to like get myself some new kitchen towels or like buy a candle for my home. I feel like I'm feathering my nest. I've hung pictures that I've been meaning to hang up forever. I'm using this time to be productive and I'm being productive around the house because that's where we are at. We are here, we are at home, we are using this house more than we ever have before. And so it feels important to make sure that we're taking care of it. And it's important that your home, your apartment, your car, whatever your own personal space is, it's important that it is organized because our space is a physical manifestation of what's going on in our heart. Let me say it again. The space around you is a physical manifestation of what's going on in your heart. Now, I can tell you this is true. My desk is absolutely insane. It's covered with things. There's two computers. There, it's just here. I mean, Noah's shoes are on the ground. I am kind of crazy about my workspace being clean and being organized because in the entirety of my career, I have always felt like if my space wasn't clean, it made me feel crazy. And don't get me wrong, this makes me feel crazy. But work does feel insane right now. It feels intense. It feels like I'm going a million miles an hour. It feels like I am the most productive I've ever been and yet I get to the end of every day and I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's still so much to do tomorrow. I think a lot of small business owners feel like I do right now because we're trying to make sure that we can stay afloat regardless of what's happening in the world around us. So when I tell you that your space is a physical manifestation of what's going on in your heart, that feels entirely accurate to what's going on in my heart as it pertains to business. Now, if you walked out into the rest of my house right now, you would see a kitchen that is immaculate. You would see a pantry that is organized. You would see a bed that is made. You would see a clean house. Because in my home, I feel settled. I feel centered. I feel um, like I am in my nest in a way that I have never been before. So it is very clear to me where I feel like things feel chaotic. And I know for a fact that if I finish this video with you and I clean up this office, so it's Friday afternoon, it's the end of the day, if I take the time, when I take the time to clean up this office before I leave, I promise you that it will give me a sense of peace. Not only that, but when I come back in here on Monday morning, I'm going to feel like I'm ready to go, like I'm not walking into chaos. So the reason I care so much about your physical space is because it's an easy hack to make yourself feel calm. 